Welcome to episode 25 of the Balanced Working Moms podcast. I'm Rena Misha, and I couldn't be more glad that you're here. If you're a perfectionist mom like me, who's trying to manage it all and then some, you're in the right place. In this podcast, you'll hear different ways to make life calmer, more organized, and perhaps even a little less perfect, but in a good way. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode. I am so glad you're listening, and I'm so happy to have you on this ride with me. Because if you're a perfectionist, it really is a ride, isn't it? In the last episode, we talked all about perfectionism. We talked about some good parts about it, which most people don't really acknowledge, but we did. And we talked about some downsides of it too. And as promised in today's episode, we are going to talk about how to tame the perfectionism beast because it really is a beast, isn't it? It's a really sneaky beast too. The thing about perfectionism is that it hides so incredibly well, and sometimes we don't even see it. Just like a beast, it likes to take over our thoughts, and it wants us to do everything perfectly or not at all. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Definitely with me. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about conquering that beast just a little bit at a time. Because I find that the best way to vanquish this beast is just eating away at it, just a little bit so it doesn't even see you're there. We're going to talk about this more, but I like to inch away at it because it's so big. It's almost like it's been in your shadow and it's been hiding there all this time. So we are going to talk about how to take control over this beast. We are going to trick it, and I think this episode is going to be really fun and also really eye-opening for you. If this is something you've struggled with, and you've listened to common advice, and none of it has worked, maybe today's episode will help a little. We're taking a unique approach to this, as you can tell. I haven't even officially started recording this episode, and already I'm laughing and giggling like crazy. It's going to be a fun episode. I love taking a different approach to things than anybody else does because so much stuff is recycled. I've said this before on the podcast, but so much advice is something that one person has found works for them and then everybody follows it and it doesn't work for most people. You know, so much advice can sound good at the outset, but let me tell you, if somebody has been a perfectionist their whole life, Try stopping. I mean, if you're with me and you're also a perfectionist, you get it. It feels almost impossible to stop. I have struggled with this for so many years. And when I finally found something that actually worked, (laughs) it just felt so amazing. So this episode is going to be a lot of fun because there's some relief built into it. It's such a good feeling when you struggle for something for so long and you find something that actually works. So when you're done listening to this episode, let me know if it works for you. I'm going to be so curious. I found such a great quote to start this podcast off with. Salvador Dali said, have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. How true is that, right? Perfectionism is funny because it's one of those things that the more you try to get it, the further it goes from your grasp. 
So you try to be perfect and you try to be perfect and just that effort alone makes perfection impossible. You're trying too hard. What I find is that when I let go of perfectionism, it's so ironic because that's when I achieve it. When I say whatever I do is good enough and I don't even try to be perfect, that's when the end product just blows my mind away. And that's when it's really, really amazing. So in this episode, we are going to learn to step away from perfectionism that doesn't serve us. Some perfectionism may serve you, and I don't want to take that away from you. If you're doing something and it works for you, please don't stop. But I'm talking about perfectionism that's based in fear, the kind that makes you really unhappy, nervous, anxious, never complacent. That kind of perfectionism, my friend, doesn't help you. And what I find is that when we can let go of this type of perfectionism, it can really change our whole entire life. It can bring your joy back. It can also let you let go of all these burdens you've been carrying that you may not have even realized that you're carrying. How do I know all this? My friend, I am speaking from experience. I wish I could tell you I am a reformed perfectionist and now it's all gone. But (laughs) that wouldn't be the truth. That sweet beast I mentioned in the introduction, she's always with me. Now that I've learned more about her, I have to tell you that she doesn't speak up quite as much. But at least for me, she's always next to me. I imagine her in my shadow. Wherever I go, she's with me. But because she's quiet a lot more now, I can see the benefits that I just told you about. For me, I find that the quieter she gets, the more joy I have. I can get more things done because I'm not paralyzed by feelings of indecision or, oh my gosh, it has to be exactly right. I feel so much happier and less anxious. When she goes quiet, it makes me feel so much more balanced. In our last episode, when we were talking about perfectionism, we explained what it really is, which is actually fear. It's fear hiding out there, pretending to not really be there. And that fear is buried so deep that many perfectionists don't even realize it's there. But it's actually the underlying emotion behind almost all perfectionism. And that's what makes it so powerful and so disruptive in your life. In this episode, as I'm sure you've noticed, I'm calling perfectionism a beast. And I'm referring to the beast as her because I'm female, so she's female with me. And you probably think that I'm doing this to make this episode more memorable and fun for you, but I actually have a different reason for this. And the reason is, is because when you name something and notice them, they actually start to lose their power over you. So I am purposely calling perfectionism a beast because I want to separate her from you. You are not a scared person who lives in this perfectionist bubble. No, my friend, that is not you. You are a powerful person. You can do anything. And this beast, she's just along for the ride. She's just trying to protect you. She's trying to keep you safe. She doesn't mean to harm you. Trust me, she really doesn't. She just wants your very best. She's protecting you so you don't get embarrassed. She's protecting you so you always make the quote right decision. 
She just wants what's best for you, and she uses fear to do it. Fear is a very powerful emotion. It could really get us to do almost anything, but it's not a very healthy emotion if we live with it in long term, and it's not really good for our motivation. Because let me tell you, chances are is that if you are doing things out of fear, the end result may not go so well for you, and actually the process may not be so fun for you either. I want you to think now about some things that you've done out of perfectionism and that underlying fear. How have they turned out for you? Sometimes they may have turned out good. That's what I said at the beginning of this episode. Only change what isn't serving you. But some things may not have turned out that great. And that's because fear as a driver isn't usually the best driver. When we're scared, we don't think straight. We don't make the best decisions. We procrastinate. When we're terrified, we're not exactly at our best. So then how do we deal with this beast who's just trying to keep us safe and who's using fear to control us? Well, my friend, remember I said we inch away at it? I think the best way to get this beast is to trick it. I already told you that I've been dealing with my own personal beast for many, many years, and I have tried so many different things. And the first thing that I'm going to share with you that actually has worked for me is my absolute favorite tool because it has worked so well for me. And here's how I trick it. And it's very simple, but don't let the simplicity fool you, okay? It's very powerful. And sometimes the best tools are just the most simple, most powerful tools. All right, so here's what I do. So simple. But I tell myself that instead of being a 10 at something, I'm going to be a nine. Let me give you an example so you understand what I mean. Imagine that I have a paper due for school, and I am so overwhelmed by this paper. I don't even want to sit and start because it seems so scary, and I don't even want to do it. So what I do is when I sit down to actually work on it, I have a reminder, and I say to myself, create a paper that's a nine and not a 10. I know, like who else would have to do this? But if you're a perfectionist, you totally get it. And as I'm writing, I just keep reminding myself, you're shooting for only a nine. Don't worry about making it a 10. A nine is great because that level 10, that's perfect in my mind. So as I write and I'm reminding myself to make it almost perfect and not exactly perfect, that fear seems to just leave me. I no longer have that focus of, let me do this paper exactly right and get a perfect grade from the teacher. Instead, I focus on actually writing the paper and saying what I want to say. And I'll tell you why this works for me. Because a nine, we're talking nine out of 10. So if 10 was perfect, a nine is very, very high. See, I'm not telling myself to be a three. If I did that, that would never work and the perfectionist beast would win, right? She would win. Because you have to trick the beast. You can't vanquish her. You have to trick her. So if I wanted to be a three, that beast would win. She would tell me that I'm going to fail, that if I don't get an A, the world will come to an end, whatever it is, she'll win over me. But if I say to myself, you know what, I'm just going to take it down just a little notch, just a little bit. 
then she doesn't really have much that she can say because it's almost perfect. So she's very happy. I'm trying to do very, very good work. And this makes the beast very satisfied. But if you are a true perfectionist like me, the difference between a nine and a 10 is literally hours and hours of grueling work, stress, tension, all those negative things that we've talked about. And I'm sure you've been there. You have so been there with me. When you try to do it exactly right, it's so stressful. It's no fun. But if you just say, okay, I'm just going to make it almost exactly right, it changes everything. And I think another reason why this technique works so well for me is because it feels like it's a game. I feel like I'm gaming the system. I don't know what system that is, but I feel like I'm gaming a system and I'm getting away with something. Look at me. I am turning in a paper for school that I only put nine out of 10 effort in and I still get an A. How is this possible? It feels so satisfying. Words cannot even express. And if you're listening to this and you are not a true perfectionist, You probably think I'm crazy right around now, but if you are a true perfectionist, you know the feeling that I'm talking about. It feels magical where you put in a normal amount of work and you still reap all the benefits. (laughs) It's like you have won the lottery. It feels divine because you're used to overworking. You're used to just putting in so much effort to getting the results and to put in a normal amount of effort it feels like you're gaming the system. And I want to add that if you're a perfectionist, your normal amount of effort is still probably 10 times the amount of other people. So I want to tell you that you deserve that A. Trust me, I know you and I know how hard you work because perfectionists, we work very, very hard. And here's another benefit to this method that I mentioned a little earlier. And that benefit is that when I go into something telling myself I want to do a nine effort, and this could be at whatever, from decorating my office to how I parent, whatever it is that I tell myself I'm going to be a nine instead of a 10, I tell you this happens time and time again. My results are a 12. They are off the scale. Remember the scale ended at 10. 10 was perfect. But when I let go of that perfectionism, for some reason, I do things even better. And it makes sense because perfectionism is based on fear. And when you have that fear, you can't do your best work. But when you instead have an attitude that you're not going to be perfect, instead, maybe you're going to have a little fun. You have an attitude of, I'll just do my best, or even I'm going to beat my perfectionist beast. That's when you do even better. It's so ironic, isn't it? And that's why it's also so important for us perfectionists to try to tame that fear, to try to tame some of that perfectionism, because it's very satisfying when we do just a little less effort and we see even bigger results. You can imagine, it feels amazing. Not something we're used to because we're used to overworking. And when we put in a normal amount of work and still see benefits, (laughs) the feeling, it's undescribable. I can't wait for you to try this and get that feeling that I'm talking about. I 
have another recommendation for you also on how to tame this perfectionism beast. And that is to be proud of yourself and your effort. And let me explain what I mean by that. A few months ago, I had to do something that perfectionists fear the most. Oh, it was so hard for me as a perfectionist. I don't even know how I did it. And I'm going to tell you how I did it. Get this. You know what I had to do? I had to choose paint colors. Is there anything worse for a perfectionist than to choose a paint color? I can't really think of much. And I didn't just have to choose one color. I had to choose three colors. Can you imagine how terrifying? But this was right after I started working on getting over perfectionism. This was last year and the paint was peeling on the house and it was fall. And I knew that if I waited, we'd have to wait all the way till spring to get the house painted and it would cause damage. Some of the wood was going to rot. It really had to be painted. And I only had a few weeks to get this done. So I set an intention and I decided that I am not going to make myself crazy over paint colors. Paint colors. That makes even non-perfectionists crazy, right? That is a big one. So I went to the paint store again with this intention. I'm going to get this done. And the first thing I did was I looked at the brochures and I thought maybe something will happen and I'll see the perfect color in the brochures. And then I did. I saw a beautiful door and it was teal colored. And teal is my absolute favorite color. So I told myself, do not look at more door colors. This is it. It's beautiful. Go with this. Next, I needed a color for the front of the house. Beige. What shade of beige? Do you know how many shades of beige are in Home Depot? It's overwhelming. There is so much beige. There are hundreds of beige. Which beige was I going to do? But I remembered I kept telling myself this intention. And I decided I was going to stick with three colors. Can you imagine? A whole wall of beige and I was going to stick with three. So I chose three. I got samples. I went home. I put those samples up and I didn't like any of the three. Ah, perfectionist, what am I going to do at this point? I had already set the intention. I am not going to make myself crazy. So you know what I did? Rinse and repeat. I went back to Home Depot. I chose just three more and I told myself, you have to choose from these six. And you know what? I am so happy to report that I did it. I chose a beige. I chose a door color. I chose a shutter color and I didn't make myself crazy. But you know what happened when everything went up? Oh, I hated the beige that I chose. I came home and I thought, this is not good. I don't like this. I got that pit in my stomach. You know that pit in your stomach that you get as a perfectionist when you didn't make the perfect choice? Oh, that is not a good feeling. And I had that pit that told me that I had made the wrong decision. The front door looked perfect. The shutters looked perfect. But the front of the house, not so perfect. Every time I drove up to my house, oh, I felt that uneasiness in my stomach. But I was working on perfectionism. So I thought, you know what? I got this. And I drove up to that house and I told myself out loud every time I drove up, I am so proud of myself for making a decision and getting this house painted every single time. 
every day that I came home for about two weeks. And then one day I came home and I saw the paint and I felt proud. And I realized that I did one of the hardest things for a perfectionist. I chose a paint color without making myself crazy and I got it done on time. And you know what? Now when I drive up to the house, I actually like the paint color. When I look at it, instead of seeing that pit in my stomach, I do. I feel proud of myself because I did it. I did something that was really hard for me and I got it done. There is so much power in feeling proud of yourself because we're always doing the opposite. We're always finding things that we've done that aren't perfect, where we've messed up. We're always beating ourselves up. But when you're proud of yourself for something, even if it's not done perfectly, or actually in my case, because it wasn't done perfectly, that changes everything. The perfectionist beast, as I told you, she's here to stay. Maybe I can report back in years and years and tell you that she's gone. But for now, I know she's not going anywhere. But when I feel proud of myself, like how I just described, it supersedes everything. Anytime I'm able to make a decision that's hard for me and I do it and I'm proud of myself, that makes that perfectionist beast get just a little smaller, a little quieter. And that, my friend, is the secret that's going to vanquish the beast. When you're proud of yourself for making the decision, you're proud of yourself for moving forward. That's a very powerful emotion. And the beast is going to have a really hard time overcoming it, as she should, because you should be proud of yourself. It is not easy to move forward. It wasn't easy to choose that paint and keep going when perhaps it wasn't the exact color that I wanted. But doing it anyway and feeling that sense of pride, that feels amazing. For your handout that goes with this episode, I have some affirmations that you can say to yourself. And these are very powerful. These affirmations will help get you into the mindset that you don't need to be perfect, that moving forward is good enough, that you are good enough. There's a link to download them in the show notes. And I want to remind you that the more you practice this, the easier it's going to get, just like anything in life. So the more you practice, let's say, being a nine instead of a 10, or the more you practice being proud of yourself for moving forward and making a decision, the more you do all this, the easier it'll be to start letting go of some of that unhealthy perfectionism. I appreciate you listening to this episode, and I hope that you enjoy the journey. 